Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> Hello, is anybody there? Isn't it a pain when you drift off listening to a podcast and awaken a shapeless and formless void? Not sure of what to make of your unformed reality, talking to yourself aloud, and only two-thirds persuaded to write a Christmas story. Wait, what's that coming towards me? A figure in the darkness. Thematically, it can only be one. Now, what's the bit? Spirit, are you the herald of Christmas stories yet to come, played by one of our series of regulars? Jackpot, mate. G'day from the future, Luke. James Barnett? A.K.A. Jimmy Horace himself, what are you doing here? I've come with a warning, Luke. In my time, several hours in your future, the people of Australia and other similarly positioned countries to the east of the UK awoke with great sorrow to not find a new episode of The Other Stories to begin their Christmas morning with. I can't be certain, but it may have set the Earth on an irreversible path to its ultimate destruction. I'm not sure that's how time zones work. But it's not too late, Luke. Listen, a final story of Christmas horror from even further into the future. And conjure a story to disturb the festive podcast consuming masses before this fate overtakes us all. Refreshed After Dinner. Written and narrated by Sarah Jane Justice.
Christmas Day, 2045. The spread on the table wouldn't have looked out of place in front of a Roman emperor. Gravy jugs dripped onto platters next to splashes of red wine on a tablecloth that never could have escaped the stains. Scraps of food left after seven courses lay nestled under turkey bones, like the ghost of a meal that would stay with every guest for some time to come. Scrooge cast his eyes around the table, noting the tipsy grins and satisfied expressions. Good, he declared. A photo for posterity. He clapped twice and the flash snapped before anyone could react. The dining room camera was positioned in the perfect place, set up to send straight to local news with a pre-written press release. It seems I have provided a wonderful evening for all you fine people, he explained, and it is in the public interest to know how wonderful it was. Jada looked at the camera and frowned. Don't you think... Yes, wonderful indeed. Andrea grabbed her daughter's hand. How lucky we are to be your family. You certainly are, Scrooge chuckled, pushing his chair back. Now, let's move to the balcony for one last drink of the evening. The cleaning staff will be glad to start tucking into the work we've created for them here. Cleaning staff? On Christmas? Jada shoved Andrea's hand away. You know, they have really well-made automated assistants that can take care of that. Scrooge laughed through tightened lips. His eyes narrowed on Jada. Bit soulless, though, isn't it? After all, I'm providing jobs to these people. But on Christmas, they volunteer for the shift. Scrooge kept smiling, despite the severity of his tone. They clamber for it. I pay a little extra on the holidays. I'm giving them the gift of their own dinner, and every dinner after. Surely you pay them enough that they could easily afford to take the night off. Andrea squeezed her eyes shut, but knew Scrooge well enough that she could still see his expression. She gripped the stem of her wine glass and prayed against her daughter's stubbornness. (laughs) Scrooge picked up a tray of cigars, took one for himself and handed the rest along. Automated assistance, you say? Well... (laughs) I can certainly afford it, right? He bellowed a sharp, aggressive laugh, watching to see which of his guests followed suit. Anyway, last drinks to the balcony. Christmas Day, 2046. How wonderful, Uncle Scrooge. Simply wonderful. Thank you, Jada. Scrooge beamed, his cheeks red with brandy and delight. See, isn't this better? And to think it was her own recommendation. His laugh echoed over the top of guests who were making an effort to laugh with him. Andrea sat in the same seat as last year. Her eyes were red and swollen, and her food remained untouched. Next to her, The facsimile of her daughter moved in a near-perfect imitation of eating. Scrooge had insisted that a meal still be placed in front of her, enjoying it like a child serving tea to a doll. Are you quite all right, Andrea? Scrooge gestured to her plate. 
Obviously, Jada can't enjoy this delicious meal, but there's no excuse for waste on your part. She... It... Isn't even a ghost. Andrea failed to hold her tongue. It is worse than a ghost. At least a ghost has a soul. This thing is cold in every sense of the word. Now, now, Scrooge placed down his cutlery. What happened to gratitude, my dear? This is a gift, an improvement. Jada 2.0. He smirked without letting his eyes slip away from Andrea for a single second. You could have just made this thing and brought it out for dinner. Andrea let a year's worth of grief overwhelm her manners. You didn't have to take her from me. Dear me, what a morbid topic of conversation. Scrooge shook his head. But I'll give you the kindness of an answer. It would be a bit strange having two of them running around, wouldn't it? Don't you agree, Jada? Yes, Uncle. You're so right. Andrea smacked a fist on the table hard enough that it shook. The other guests fell silent as the staff dragged her out of her chair. Crumbling into sobs, she didn't resist being taken away. Christmas Day, 2047. What lovely decoration. The shape of Jada's mouth was meant to emulate a smile, but it looked twisted under hollow eyes. No matter how they were painted, the eyes looked dark. The engineers had tried to fix it by programming more blinking, but that only seemed to take her appearance further away from humanity. What do you think, Andrea? Scrooge shifted his focus. Yes, lovely. Andrea's mouth twisted in an identical expression to Jada's. I'm very gratitude to be here. Scrooge took note of the language glitch. He took a bite of turkey as he watched the performance of his improved family members. Being designed on the same programming, Jada and Andrea fell in sync if given the same task and mimicked eating in perfect unison. As one, they moved their forks from plate to mouth without ever connecting with either. No matter how many times they were programmed to smile or laugh, their eyes held a stare that Scrooge couldn't escape. Whenever he made eye contact, he felt like he himself was being hollowed out from the inside. So, Jonathan. He swiveled towards his other guests. How has your December been? Business doing well? Well enough, I suppose. Jonathan shrugged, keeping his eyes held down. We're making do. Some anonymous bastard bought a full year's worth of stock from the last shipment, so we're having to look for other sources. Minnie and I were making guesses about the shit show who undercut us, weren't we, love? Saying he's probably as fun at parties as a pet rock. That he probably smells like a back alley behind a seafood restaurant, and his only interesting feature is how remarkably small he is, if you catch my drift. That one was yours, wasn't it, Min? Jonathan laughed awkwardly into his plate, rambling at lightning speed. 
He felt Minnie's hand grip his arm and looked up to see her face grey with dread. You were saying all that, were you, Jonathan? Jonathan looked up at his host. Jada and Andrea continued to move their forks in unison. Well, I mean, don't you think that's a tad childish, Scrooge snapped. A bit petty? Bitter? Scrooge leaned into the anger, looking relieved to have a distraction from the discomfort of hollow stairs. Rage and indignation were familiar and more comfortable than Scrooge would ever admit. Ah, oh, I didn't. Jonathan cleared his throat, stumbling over his words. It's just jokes, isn't it? I mean, we didn't mean it, just finding humour where we... Humour at the expense of someone who is simply better at business than yourselves. Scrooge's voice echoed around the room. Envy, plain and simple. Juvenile nonsense from two inferior minds. No, 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 no. Jonathan trembled, gripping Minnie's hand. Not both of us. It was all me. If anything, Minnie was defending. Lies won't do you any good, friend. Scrooge spat the word like it was viper. I've heard enough. What lovely decorations. Jada's twisted smile was stained with cranberry sauce. Very thank you, Uncle Scrooge. Christmas Day, 2048. Lovely decorations. Andrea stared towards the bookcase. We're very grateful, Scrooge. We're very grateful, Jada echoed. Yes, lovely decorations. Jonathan's smile was programmed to be bigger than the others. The idea was to add variation, but it left him looking maniacal as his voice remained calm. We're very grateful, Scrooge. Yes, Scrooge wiped his mouth with a napkin. Indeed. Across from him, the remaining human guests were pale. They jumped at the clatter of Andrea's fork dropping onto her plate and looked away as she continued to mimic eating with an empty hand. You're all so quiet. Scrooge raised the volume of his own voice as if to compensate. Let's have a laugh, shall we? Who knows a good joke? I find Christmas crackers tacky, but surely someone knows a decent joke. The decorations are lovely. Jonathan's over-the-top grin and empty eyes made every repeated comment sound like a cryptic threat. Thank you, Scrooge. A joke? Scrooge repeated. Anyone. Go on, then. I... sure... Brendan spoke up from the end of the table. He closed his eyes for a brief moment to steady himself. Um, why was the geometry teacher late to work? I don't know. Scrooge tapped his fingers against his glass. Why was the geometry teacher late to work? Because she took the wrong bus. The polite chuckles of the human guests triggered a cacophony of laughter from the duplicates. Brendan breathed a sigh of relief before he noticed that Scrooge was the only one not laughing. What does that mean, Rhombus? 
In an instant, Jada, Andrea, and Jonathan stopped laughing and turned slowly to face Brendan. With three sets of hollow eyes fixed on him, he felt claustrophobic, like there was no way to escape the dead. Uh, well, you know, rhombus. It sounds like wrong bus. Brendan focused his gaze ahead to avoid the dark, empty smiles of duplicates in every direction. It left him staring at Scrooge, who was red-faced and scowling. And it's a geometry, teacher, because a rhombus is a shape you teach about in... Don't talk to me like I'm stupid, boy. Scrooge smacked the table, covering a flush of embarrassment with rage. I know what a rhombus is. Obviously, obviously I know that. Okay, Brendan shuddered. It's just, you ask. The problem is your joke, idiot. It's a bad joke. Scrooge smacked the table again. Jonathan's wine glass slipped and shattered. He blinked, picked up the stem, and raised it to his mouth. The shards of glass cut through his face, shredding his skin. Scrooge had never thought to ask the engineers to replicate blood. I'm I'm sorry, Brendan took deep breaths in between his words. It, it won't... No one tries to make me look stupid. Scrooge stood up. After I've invited you into my home. The decorations are lovely. Jonathan piped up, his shredded lips flapping around his oversized grin. Thank you, Scrooge. See what you've done, Brendan? You've ruined a perfectly lovely dinner. Scrooge threw his own glass against the wall. The sound of the smash triggered a programming glitch that caused all the duplicates to laugh uproariously in unison. Christmas Day, 2049. The decorations are lovely. Yes, how lucky we are. Very grateful. The decorations are lovely, Scrooge. Yes, Scrooge pushed himself to smile, feeling his own expression as hollow as that of his guests. Yes, thank you all for the kind words. He turned his attention to the perfectly cooked meat and fresh vegetables. Delightful food, isn't it? He muttered. Yes, delightful food, isn't it? Yes, lovely decorations. We're very grateful. Scrooge looked over at the plates of his dining companions, meals that were perfectly presented and untouched. Around the table, arms moved forks to hover slightly above the food, swishing back towards open mouths. The engineers had never quite fixed the sinking issue. The duplicates still moved in unison, but now the forks didn't quite line up. They scratched the imitation skin on their faces and scalded their arms with splashing soup. The engineers had offered to add blood for maximum realism, but Scrooge had opted against it. The decorations are lovely. The food is lovely. How about a joke, Scrooge? Andrea's face turned towards him. He suddenly felt that she was sitting far too close. He had asked for a more animated smile and received a stretched mouth that twitched like a worm. 
Yes, Scrooge. Brendan's head stayed locked in place, staring at Scrooge without the slightest movement as his arms continued to lift his cutlery back and forth. You're very funny and intelligent. We're very grateful. We will be fine without a joke. Scrooge pushed away his plate. He clapped his hands and the duplicates froze in place, all still staring in his direction. You called, sir. The head of kitchen staff poked his head into the room. We're finished with the meal. Thank you, Jeremy. Scrooge stood up. You may start the cleanup. Are you sure, sir? Jeremy looked over the platters of uneaten food. What should I do with the leftovers? Throw it all on the compost heap. Jeremy did as he was ordered, piling up the plates of food on a silver trolley. He shrunk around the guests that sat motionless in place, some with their hands stuck halfway to their mouths. Scrooge picked up a cigar, leaving the rest of the tray behind, and walked to the balcony. He could see Jeremy staying as far from the compost heap as he could while still being able to reach it, despite having been provided with a mask and gloves. Even from the balcony, the strips of sinew and snapped bones were visible. The faces decayed fastest, and the flesh on the arms and legs rotted and dripped more slowly. Turkey, potato and cranberry sauce piled on top, but didn't come close to hiding the skulls. The worms and maggots had a better dinner with every passing Christmas. Today's episode of The Other Stories was refreshed after dinner. Written and narrated by Sarah Jane Justice, with wraparound segments written by Andy Conduit-Turner, and wraparound extra narration performed by Luke Condor, that's me, and James Barnett, a.k.a. Jimmy Horrors. Produced by James Barnett, a.k.a. Jimmy Horrors, with music by Kai Engel and Beat Mechanic, and Tim Kulig and Duncan Muggleton and Tom Robson, with sound effects provided by freesound.org and Boom Library. The episode illustration is provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers, Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch, and to Joshua Boucher for helping our submission reading. And of course to Ben Errington, the online Yule Log of warmth and comfort. This content providing a cosy and inviting space for all to gather and connect during the festive season. Sarah Jane Justice is a writer, poet and singer-songwriter based in Adelaide, South Australia. Head over to sarahjanejusticewriting.com for more. The Other Stories is a production of the Story Studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means, share the hell out of it. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals.